Mazel tov. <laughs> yeah, I'm your speaker for Christmas Eve. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I may not be what you expected. I'm, uh, I'm a builder, a uh, carpenter to be more exact. Had a little family business in the hick town of Nazareth. They said nothing ever good will come out of Nazareth, especially me. My name is Joe, uh, Joe Ba-David, or as you Goyim say it, uh, Davidson. You see, Ba in Hebrew means son, like son of. So for instance, uh, son of rabbi would be like Barabbas. In fact, there were some Barabbas kids that lived in our town, family, very political, very, very, very re religious, the Barabbases. I was Bar David, Joseph of the house and lineage of David, King David. <laughs> but that really wasn't a very big deal. There were a lot of us Davidsons in my day, and I really didn't feel like no son of David. I felt uh, forsaken. I think that we all, we all did. It had been a thousand years since David was king. And then you got Syrians and Assyrians and Babylonians and Greeks. And then the worst schmucks of all, the Romans, running all over the place. I didn't see God anywhere. God is not with us. That's what I figured. God is... Not salvation. That's what it seemed like. Uh, God the Father was, was missing. I know it's different in your day, but in my day, if you didn't know who your father was, you didn't know who you was. They had an ugly name for it. And if you was one of those, or you felt like one of those, you acted like one of those. You lived like one of those, like you had to prove yourself, justify yourself, save yourself, create yourself. See, I, I felt like a bastard. We all did. Like a good Jew, I'd pray to God every day, but in my heart I was screaming, God, why have you forsaken me? More than once, Roman soldiers burst into my shop screaming, Jew boy! Make a cross for a Jew. Make a cross for a Jew, Jew boy. They could have done it. It's just two timbers. They just did it to humiliate me, terrorize me. As I prepared the timbers, I'd be shaking with rage, wondering if I would know the person that would hang on this uh, cross that I had to make just to get through it, just to get through it. I would, uh, I would imagine, I would imagine a Roman. I would think, I would think of a Roman centurion as I was pounding, as I was pounding the nails. I would, I would think of a Roman. I would think of the, of the Messiah. Now the Messiah, the smart Messiah was a savior in Greek, means anointed one. He was the promised savior that would come to set our people set our people free, the promised Savior. I would think of uh, the Messiah 
I would think of the Messiah crucifying Romans. I would think of the Messiah pounding Romans to crosses. The Messiah, he would show the Romans what the crosses were for. A Torah says that cursed is the man that hangs on a tree. <laughs> Brought this one just to show you. That's, that's what they look like. It was a dark time. Israel was a dark place in a very, very dark world. But I had a light. Well, maybe I had a lighthouse. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Mary. There was just something about Mary. <laughs> we, we was betrothed, me, me and Mary. We was betrothed. And, and in our religion, that basically meant that you was married, but no sex. Believe me on that last one, because Mary... She was a saint. I loved Mary. But her in-laws, Meshuggah, they were nuts. They were just nuts. One day, Mary came to me at work. She seemed troubled, like she was pondering something in her heart. She told me that she was leaving for Judea to visit her crazy, barren old Aunt Elizabeth. And then she mumbled something about Aunt Elizabeth being pregnant. I laughed out loud. And Mary left. And I felt forsaken. Three months later, when Mary returned to Nazareth, I was just so glad to see her. And yet something seemed kind of different about Mary. I said... Mary, what's changed? You seem, why the, why the trip? And the Mary, didn't know how to ask this, why the unexpected weight gain? <laughs> That's when she said the two words that would change my life. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I said, who? Who, Mary? Who? I, I jumped up and then that, that's when she said the one word that would obliterate my life forever. She said, God. I said, who? She said, God. I said, no way. She said, Yahweh. <laughs> I said, no way. She said, Yahweh. No way. Yahweh. No way. Yahweh. Yahweh was a name so holy that we couldn't even say it out loud. And now I'm asked to believe that a 14-year-old pregnant girl from Hicktown, Nazareth, has been impregnated by Yahweh, the creator, the consuming fire. Meshuggah, that's nuts. That's not just adultery. That's not just blasphemy. That's insanity. I was hurt and I was so angry. The law prescribes public stoning for adultery. But I couldn't. I couldn't do that to Mary. She was so sincere. She told me about this angel that said to her, all things shall be possible with God. All things. Nothing shall be impossible with God. But in my mind, the two words, bastard and Messiah, they just did not go together. Impossible. 
I decided to divorce her quietly. But my heart was not quiet. It was screaming in its own darkness. My God, why have you forsaken me? You're a bastard boy. Joseph. Joseph. And then I had a visit. <laughs> I had a visit too. I saw an angel in, in my dreams. And the angel thing has said this to me. Joseph Davidson. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Wow. Wow. Just wow, wow, wow. Wow. But even, even as the angel thing said that in my dream, I thought to myself, you must mean that he will save his people from the Romans. The terrorists, not our sin. <laughs> it was a fleeting thought, and I, I forgot it very soon. I remembered Isaiah chapter 7. King Ahaz needed to be saved from Syria. Read it, chapter 7, from Syria. And, uh, and Ahaz needed a sign, and God gave him a sign. Isaiah prophet, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. That's Messiah. That's the great light, and the government will be on his shoulders, and of his government there will be no end. No end. Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Oh, I jumped out of bed and I, I ran to where Mary was sleeping. And I begged her forgiveness. And in spite of all the ridicule and the kibitzing and, and Nazareth about Mary and me, I took her home. I took her to our home. My home. The angel thing had said that I should name him Jesus. Yeshua is how you'd say it in, in my language from Yahashua, meaning Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves. It was a common name. In fact, some of your ancient manuscripts still attest to this fact that the, there was a Barabbas kid also named Jesus, Yeshua. So there was a Jesus Barabbas, and now there was a Jesus Bar David or Bar Yahweh, depending on how you look at it. Either way, Emmanuel, God with us, Messiah, Messiah. I pictured that. Roman scum dropping to their knees in terror before my boy, confessing, You are the Son of God, King Jesus Bar David. <laughs> ah. Mary and I didn't know exactly what it all meant. But we were sure of this. God was with us. Yeah, he's calling right now. God, <laughs> God was with us. And we figured if God was with us, it would be smooth sailing from here on out. You know, health, wealth, and no crosses. At least not for Jews. Maybe for, for Romans. That's what I expected. Well, it was about then that the Romans announced the census. Now, they didn't send a form to you. No, they wouldn't do that. They made you schlep your way to the town of your origin, which in my case was Bethlehem, house of, the house of David, city of David. Actually, Bethlehem means house of bread. I always wondered, bread? 
white bread, white bread. What does it mean, house of bread? Well, anyway, it was like a four-day four day journey. And Mary was heavy with child. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. I mean, you're kidding, right? It was the census. Insane. Meshuggah. And on top of that, by the time we got there, Mary's pains had started. And I'm a carpenter, not a gynecologist. <laughs> we go to this inn. The inn is full. I say to the innkeeper, but look, she's pregnant. He says, that ain't my fault. And he says, it's not my fault either. <laughs> a stable. That was the best we could find, this, a stable. Mary was in anguish. I was in anguish. I mean, did I screw up Christmas? <laughs> what a schlemiel! What's wrong with this picture? I mean, I, I didn't understand. I thought God was with us, leading us. But this made no sense. The pain, the dark, the flies, the smell, the crap. And I'm a carpenter, not a gynecologist. Mary, Mary screamed. The baby was coming. Let me rephrase that. The Messiah was coming. Jesus was coming. God was coming. But what a way to meet him. And what a place to meet him. Oy vey. Keep in mind that I was not only being introduced to Yahweh, I was being introduced to the nether regions of the female anatomy. And in our religion, menstruation, body fluids, and all that lady schmutz, it was all Zolan clean. And this place that I'm talking about was the very place that Eve covered in the garden in shame. This place was the very place that God appeared to me. You know, people at church, they'll say, where and when did you meet Jesus? That's where and when. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and it's kind of profound. The very place that we all cover in shame. <sighs> that's where I met him. And what did he look like, you ask? He looked like a booger. Covered in schmutz. I mean, you never seen a newborn baby? I don't think so. Because I tell you what, he did not look like this. <laughs> and he did not look like this. And he did not look like this. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> Radiant beams from thy holy face. Who writes this schluck? It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was a thousand years of failure. Confusion. Pain, shame, and darkness. And then an eight-pound naked baby covered in nothing but schmutz. Crying. That's God with us. I did not expect that. But that's why I met God. I suppose that's where a lot of guys my age meet God. Baby is breath of God and very little dust, very little flesh, naked, weakness, nothing but breath of God covered in bruises, blood, and schmutz. 
Mary screamed and suddenly I was holding him and he cried and he cried and he cried. And then I, I said, Yeshua. And he stopped. Silence. Shalom. He knew my voice. For nine months he had heard my voice. And everything in his womb world vibrated to the sound of my voice. And now he knew my voice. He knew me. And I knew him. I cut the cord with this rusty knife that I found. Mary, she washed him as best as she could. She swaddled him in rags. And then she held him to her breast. He suckled. And Mary acted like it was the most natural thing in all the world. Holding him, suckling him, nursing him, kissing him. God with us. Emmanuel. I said, Mary, oh Mary, oh my God, Mary. Mary, 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 do you think it's him? And she looked at me and she said, shut up, Joe. The baby's trying to sleep. <laughs> and so I wondered... Actually, I wondered as I wondered. <laughs> what if this was God somehow? Had God ever been held like this? Is this what God wanted all along? A kiss, a, a touch, communion. <laughs> to be loved. Just because to be loved when he was good for nothing, just good. Because a baby, you know, is good for nothing. Just, just good. Such incredible thoughts filled my brain and my heart. Maybe, maybe God was so much more than the creator and unquenchable fire. Maybe, maybe God was this. And the burning, the burning was just the edge of this. Maybe God was unquenchable love. Love, unquenchable love. I, I'd always feared God. And so I honored God. But there was a moment that night when I remember thinking to myself, Hey, I like God. <laughs> I like him. And I'm not afraid of him. That night, I dropped to my knees in front of a baby held to my wife's bosom. That night, God conquered my heart with nothing but naked weakness covered in bruises, blood, and spit. The Son of God. The baby was asleep now. And so I whispered to Mary, Mary, could it be, could it be him? Could this be? The incarnate essence of Yahweh. The ground of all being. Seeking some sort of existential communion with all of humanity through the canonic. You know, the self-emptying manifestation of Yahweh's essential beingness. Mary gazed into my eyes and then she whispered, shut up, Joe. The baby's asleep. Let him sleep. We placed him in a common manger made of wood, kind of like this. As we did, all those amazing ideas seemed to evaporate. Or maybe the ideas were hidden, or they were like wrapped, 
wrapped in common swaddling clothes, in, in a common manger, in a, in a common stable. Logos, that's how you say it in Greek. Ideas, idea, wrapped in common baby flesh, born to a common carpenter and a poor unwed teenage peasant girl. People walked by on the street and they snickered. They snickered at such a pitiful sight. I would have too. I think you would have too. In fact, you may do it more than you know. Because you see, nobody expects the king of glory in a place like that. Nobody. Except shepherds, of course, shepherds. But those guys, they had a, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, that's warrior angels, that appeared to them and told them to go looking for Yeshua in a manger. God told them, why, oh why did Yahweh not tell Caesar Augustus or King Herod or for that man at the manager of the Holiday Inn down the street, Meshuggah. God's insane. Shepherds, low-life shepherds. Well, we had a party. They held Yeshua, sang to Yeshua, danced with Yeshua, and then, and then they were gone. And I thought maybe I was insane. Meshuggah. Know what I mean? It's like that. It's like God gives you just enough to keep going, but you're still poor, still confused, still sitting in a stable in the dark, covered in schmutz. Well, you know the stories. You know how old Simeon prophesied that this child Yeshua would be set for the rise and the fall of many and how a sword would pierce Mary's heart as well. You know how the three pagan wizards showed up like a, a year later. You, you, you know about my dream and how we fled to Egypt and you know how Herod, he, he slaughtered all the toddlers in Bethlehem and you know I had another dream and we came back to Nazareth and Yeshua grew in wisdom and strength and I need to tell you that I just, I fell in love with my boy Yeshua. Yeah, at first, it kind of stressed me out being his dad. I went to the great dad seminar at our synagogue. <laughs> but they, they had nothing on the Messiah, you know. <laughs> I remember trying to explain to him the facts of life. When he was 12, we accidentally left him at the Passover feast in Jerusalem. We were already a day's journey from Jerusalem on the way to Nazareth when I realized I lost the Messiah. That's big, the Messiah. I, I found him in the temple. He looks at me and he said, did you not know that I would be in my father's house? Sounds kind of smart alecky, doesn't it? <laughs> but you see... Yeshua never disrespected me as if I wasn't his, his dad. In fact, it was like he expected to see God the Father in Joe Davidson, his dad. So it didn't take from me, but it gave everything to me. In fact, I taught him stuff. Or maybe God the Father taught him stuff through me. You know, he was a carpenter. He learned that from me, learn stuff from me. I remember one day working out in the shop and I got like a, a splinter. This is before I had glasses. I got a splinter in my eye. 
and, and I'm trying to get the splinter out of my eye. And Yeshua comes over and he tries to help me. And in the process, he gouges my eye. I Jesus Christ, I screamed. And then, and then I looked at him with my one good eye. He's got a big old chunk of wood in his eye. I laughed out loud. I said, Yeshua, you never go taking splinters out of people's eyes when you got a log in your own eye. <laughs> I taught him how to make a yoke for oxen. He was so famous for, for yokes that was so easy on the oxen that like any burden was light. One day, we're making a table and he got his, his finger stuck. It, got, it, it was broken and it was bleeding. And uh, Yeshua, he, he looked at me. I could tell that it really hurt and he wanted to, to, to cry. I said, Yeshua, it's okay. It will heal. It's good. Look at me, Yeshua. Yes, you're right. If if you want to make anything good, you gotta put your flesh and blood into it. Yes, you're right. That's what it means to be a maker, to be a creator. See, I think God the Father, Father the Messiah, to me, the Word of God in me. I could maybe believe Mary, but me, I did not expect that. <laughs> the rumors persisted, and I expected that. The kids in town, they teased Yeshua, especially the Barabbas kids. They called him Jesus Barahu. <laughs> Jesus, son of who? Uh, Joshua, son of none. Jesus, son of no one. They called him bastard. And technically, they had a point. And now I bring that up because if anyone has ever called you bastard, I want you to understand that you are in good company. Because they called Jesus bastard. But no one has ever acted less like a bastard than Jesus. No one has ever acted less forsaken than Jesus. The kids would tease. And if Jesus wept, it was like he was weeping for them. Because he knew that they did not know who their father was. In Jesus, there was no fear. No doubt. No shame. No need to hide himself. No need to justify himself. It was like... Everything in his world, everything in his world, the light, the dark, the, the pleasant, the painful, the good, what we would call the bad. It was like it all vibrated to the sound of his father's voice, who was constantly saying, behold, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And it didn't make him proud. <laughs> Just the opposite. As if he knew that everything, 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 everything is a gift. Several times, I found him all by himself. Dancing and laughing. And I would say, Yeshua, what are you doing? And he would say, Abba, my Abba is just so fond of me. <laughs> And Poppy, Daddy, he is so fond of you too. He is your daddy too. See, he loved because he knew. He knew that he was always loved. He was a walking party. 
No matter who you was, what you done. In Yeshua's eyes, your mere existence was reason for a party. It made me and wor Mary worry a little bit about Yeshua because he, he, it seemed like it made him vulnerable to pain. And love does make you vulnerable to pain. And believe me, Yeshua felt pain. It was not that he did not feel pain. It was how he bore it. That was the difference. Love bears all things. Love endures all things. Yeshua's yoke was easy. Not because there was no burden, but because of how he bore it. He bore each moment in perfect faith. Faith that each experience, each breath was like a cup that was handed to him by his father. And so he would drink it with abandon with abandoned. He, he constantly would lose his life and find it. He had faith. He was free. He lived every moment. That's called faith. And you see, that's what all humanity is missing. On some level, we each believe that we are bastards. We each believe in some very deep place that we have been forsaken by God, who is love. We have very little faith in love, but not Jesus. He is who we are all meant to be. So people either, one, surrendered to him and his walking party, or number two, they wanted to kill him as the ultimate insult to their ego and all of their self-righteous striving. Yeshua never judged the soul. And yet his very existence is the judgment, like light shining in the darkness. His very existence is the judgment of this world. It was like old Simeon said, he is set for the rise and fall of many, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed that Jesus about David is the judgment of God. Jesus Barabbas is like, like my judgment. You know, he, he led a, a violent revolution, it, 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 a rebellion. It was what I expected. What I ex expected, he, he fought for his kingdom was of this world. He set out to terrorize the terrorists, to crucify the crucifiers. At the Passover feast, Pilate, the Roman governor, was so terrorized of Yeshua and his courage and his, his, his faith and his, 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 his freedom, his peace, so terrified that he offered my people a choice, a judgment. He said, would you have Jesus Barabbas or would you have Jesus Bar David? In other words, what kind of Jesus do you want? What kind of God saves do you want? What kind of Yahashua do you want? The one that came to save you from the Romans? Or the one that came to save you from your sins? 
The one that came to crucify or the one that came to be crucified for all? My people chose Barabbas. Jesus Barabbas. And so our father handed Yeshua a cup and he drank it to the last drop. A, 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 a yoke, it was a yoke, a crossbeam fit for him from the foundation of the world. I was no longer present in your age at this time, but I saw, like the prophet says, all eyes will see him, even the ones who pierced him, they will see him. They nailed Yeshua to a cross. My cross. I don't know if I built it, but the cross belonged to me. So I, uh, I wanted to show you. I just wanted to show you what it, what it looked like. So maybe you could uh, come help me. I'm going to lift it up and then I just want you to help me guide it into the base over here. All right. So you, you, go, you ready? Okay, you stand over there. Oi. Oi vey. Okay. Now get down there and just, just help me guide it in. There we go, like that. All right. Okay. There we go. Hey, hey, you're a good-looking kid. <laughs> you, you must come from good genetics, right? You must have a dad that's really handsome and smart. And, yeah, yeah. You kind of remind me of my Yeshua. Well, like I was saying... They nailed Yeshua to a cross. <laughs> and it belonged to me. It belonged to me for as Yeshua hung there, the sky grew black and then he lifted his head and he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was my line. <laughs> that was my curse. And that is the first line of Psalm 22, written by King David, it starts with the forsakenness and it ends with the death of death itself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was that? I think that was faith in a place of faithlessness. My faithlessness, my, my shame. That was, that was Yeshua praying to God the Father on my behalf. Yeshua praying out loud to God the Father what I had only mumbled in the secret dark places of my heart. That was Yeshua, word of God, having descended into my fear, my shame, my forsakenness, my hell, and interceding for me. Yeshua in me. When you find wonderful things, in unexpected places, you love them all that much more. Why else would you wrap your presents on Christmas morning? <laughs> For Christmas morning, why, why else? Maybe all creation is like wrapping paper. Wrapping paper containing the burning heart of God himself given to you. I never expected God in Mary. I never expected God in a manger. 
I never expected God on the cross. I never expected God in hell, especially my hell. But you see, the light shines in the darkness. Maybe all the darkness is like wrapping paper to help you fall in love with the light. Yeshua cried, Father, forgive them. He descended into the darkness, and the darkness could not contain him. And then he cried, it is finished. And at that, he delivered up his spirit. And it was at that moment, the Roman centurion and all the goyim that was with him, they dropped to their knees before Yeshua, and they confessed. They confessed, but not in terror, like I expected in faith, in, in trust, saying, surely this was the Son of God. Oh, I, I, I expected God to conquer Rome, but not like that. Not with the spirit of Yeshua falling on Romans. Not with Christmas in Rome. Well, Yeshua was hanging there as naked as the day he was born. Naked weakness, covered in nothing but bruises, blood, and spit. And then I saw Mary. Actually, several Marys. They gathered around Yeshua. And they took him down. Body broken and bloodshed. They held him. They washed him. They kissed him, and I realized I've seen this before. I've seen this. That night in Bethlehem when God conquered me with naked weakness, covered in nothing but bruises, blood, and spit. You know, Yeshua was born into this world at Bethlehem. And he was born out of this world, out of this age at Jerusalem. Like the prophet says, he is the firstborn of all creation. Think about that. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn of many brethren. Sister for, for you in this day and age, brethren. And, 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 did you know that when you cry, Abba, Father, it is His Spirit in you crying, Abba, Father? That's how God completes you in His own image. You see, faith in you is the Spirit of Yeshua in you. The prophets say that one day, Yahweh will fill all things. See, the manger is how it begins. Jesus is the beginning. And the new heaven and the new earth is how it ends. Jesus is the end. Beginning and end. Like the angel said to the shepherds, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, 
and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take, eat. And in the same manner, after supper, having given thanks, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the covenant in my blood. Pour it out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. <laughs> Get the picture? Yeshua fills you with himself. He is the faith hope, and love that we are each missing. If you reject him, the word of the creator, you choose nothingness and nowhereness and darkness and hell. But when you surrender to him, and you will surrender to him, when you surrender to him, it's Christmas. In you, the word, the logos, the idea becomes flesh in you. And one day, like me, I think you'll say, I never expected God in a teenage pregnant peasant girl from Nazareth. And, and I never expected God in a manger covered in, in schmutz. And I never expected God on a cross, particularly the cross of my own shame. And I never expected God in hell. I never expected God in all things to fill all things. And most of all, I never, ever, ever expected God in me. Understand? You are not a bastard. It's Christmas. Why the pain, shame, the suffering, and the fear? Because it's Christmas. And God is in the business of showing you just how not forsaken you truly are. The light shines in the darkness. And when you see him, you will trust him. And you will love him. And all things, all creation, with him. So pray with me. You can just pray this in your heart. Pray, Father. I surrender to you. I surrender to love. In Jesus' name. And invite you, Spirit of God, to make your home in me. To inhabit me. To become flesh in me. Now you're all invited to come to the table. If you don't want to come, if you don't want communion, that's all right. You can stay there. You can just raise your hand and walk on by. If you don't want communion, just know that he wants communion with you. But we invite you to 
tear off a piece of the bread like this and dip it in, dip it in the cup. Bruised flesh, bruises blood and spit. It's Christmas. <laughs>